this morning, we're going to begin a new series just simply titled His Church. And I, I want to tell you that I am excited about the message this morning, and I'm excited about this series because I'm excited about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I preach about the church pretty often, and I do that unashamedly because in the day and the hour, the generation that we live in, I tell you, we need to talk about the church Scripturally, we need to have a vision and understanding of the church that lines up with the Scripture. You know, for hundreds of years, a couple of hundred years in our nation here, the church was respected. The church was, for the most part, there's, ex there's exceptions, but for the most part was well thought of and appreciated regarded. But now in this generation, the church has been denigrated. The church is maligned and even scorned and talked about, and not just by unbelievers, but even by Christians talked about in a negative way, in a negative light. And I just want you to know that we need to get it right this morning. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.23 that the church, which is His body, Whenever we're talking about the church, we're talking about the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all in all. It is the body of Jesus around the world. That's what the church is. And we need to keep this in our mind. Don't allow the negative attitudes of our culture or of the religious culture of the day to get you to think negatively about the church. We need to think like Jesus thinks about the church. See, for a lot of Christians, the church has just kind of become, you know, kind of a thing that, well, you know, once in a while you go to this thing and they sing some songs and it kind of makes you feel good and some guy's going to talk. Hopefully it won't be too boring. It's kind of like an event you go to, you know, almost like you go to a sporting event or you go to a theater or something, it's just something you go to. That's not at all what the church is. The church is not an event. Church is not a service. Church is not a building. Church is a living, breathing organism. It is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what church is. Amen. See, we need, to, we need to understand what church is all about. In the original text of Scripture, the Greek word that's translated as church is ekklesia. It's a gathering of believers. That's what the word church means. Gathering of believers. It is a congregation, a gathering. Make no mistake about it. None of us by ourselves is a church. It is the gathering of believers. That's what the word church means. Doesn't mean building. See, we talk about this building. When we talk about the building, we say, you know, the church... And, and I get that. I, I'm not saying that's wrong because that's how we know what building we're talking about, right? And we, we talk about church like an event when we say, I went to church. And, and that, I'm not saying that's wrong to say it that way. I mean, I understand. See, we all know what we're talking about when we say, I went to church. But we also need to know and understand in our heart that it's more than a building, it's more than an event. It is the body of Christ. It is God's people that are gathered together. That's the church. 
Jesus, in Matthew 16, 18, he says, I will build my church. And when he spoke those words, that was the first time that the word church was recorded in Scripture. Jesus started all of this. And we need to remember that it's all about His church. It's not really about us. The word church is used 115 times in Scripture, and 92 of those times, you need to know this, this is real important, 92 of the 115 times, he is clearly talking, or the Scripture is clearly talking about the local church. The rest of those, it's implied or we understand that he's talking about the universal church. But you need to know this, that the vast majority of the time when the word church is used in the Bible, it is talking about a local church. God is bringing together a people from all the ages, not just our generation, all the ages, to be His people for eternity. A people set apart for the Lord to worship Him for all eternity. Matthew 16, it tells us that Peter had this great revelation of who Jesus was. I want to read it, Matthew 16, 15 through 18. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven... And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Peter's revelation was that Jesus was the Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the Son of the living God. And Jesus says that he didn't just figure that out, that the Father revealed it to him. It was a truth, a revelation that came to him from the Father. And Jesus, because of that revelation that he received, Jesus says to him, you are Peter. And that name meant rock. And then he goes on and he says, and on this rock, and it's a slightly different Greek word when he says, and on this rock, I will build my church. Uh, You know, some people have tried to make a religion out of this, that Peter was the foundation of the church. Well, if you read the Bible, you know that that's not right because the Bible says very clearly in 1 Corinthians 3, 11, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And that, what Jesus was saying, that rock that he would build his church on was the revelation, this truth, that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the foundation that the church is built upon. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, my church, I want you to know from the beginning, it is His church, and we need to see His church as He sees His church. We need to renew our minds with the Word of God so that we think scripturally about the church. We don't take our cues from a pagan world. We don't take our our cues from religious Pharisees. No, we want to have our thoughts lined up with the Scripture and what He says. As I want to tell you, His vision for the church is a victorious church that the gates of hell cannot 
stop. It is unstoppable. That's the way Jesus sees it, but that's not the way the world sees it. They think the church is getting weaker. They're so wrong. I'm just telling you, Jesus' church is still going on strong. It keeps growing. It keeps getting stronger because Jesus is still building his church and he has guaranteed victory for his church. You know, a lot of people are confused about this. What would be the most powerful force in the world? Most people would say, oh, that's got to be the, Amer the American, the United States military, the most powerful force in the world. No, 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 no. The most powerful force in the world is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ because he said in John, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I want you to know that the power of the Almighty rests upon his church, the Holy Spirit in his church. That's what's keeping back the evil one. There's nothing more powerful than the church because God, His hand, His power is on His church. His Spirit lives inside of His people. And there's nothing more powerful than Him. I can tell some of you thinking hard about that. I'm telling you the church is the most powerful force in this world because of God's Spirit inside His church. It's unstoppable. You know, for 2,000 years... Everything imaginable has come against the church. Satan has tried to kill it with persecution. So many have been put to death. So many have been harmed in some way to try to stop, to try to slow down the church. He's tried to stop it with all different kinds of oppression, tried to weaken it with compromise, tried to destroy it with dead religion, and nations and kingdoms have come and gone, and yet the church remains, and it just gets bigger and bigger and stronger. It started with a few hundred people, and now it is over two billion people. It is amazing how the church just keeps going. Why? Because Jesus is building his church. There's lots of ups and downs over the years of, with the church, but it just keeps growing. The emperor Diocletian set up a stone pillar in which he inscribed these words for having exterminated the name Christian from the earth. Well, he looks like a fool now, doesn't he? Who is Diocletian? And who cares? Jesus and his church going strong. Another Roman emperor, he made a coffin to symbolize his intention, quote, to bury the Galilean by killing his followers. But he figured out that he just couldn't put the master in it. And he eventually gave his heart and life to the Lord as his Savior. He said, you just can't stop the body of Christ and its living head, the Lord Jesus, by the onslaught of mortal men. Can't be done. And we need to remember this, that no matter what happens, nobody can stop the church because Jesus is building his church.
You know, if you look at history, the Roman Empire was really amazing. It lasted for 500 years. That's way, way, way longer than most empires or most nations in history. 500 years it lasted, but it's all gone. And the church remains. And down through the years, nations and kingdoms, they come and go, but the church remains. No matter what happens, you see, the church emerges stronger. Sometimes it seems like we lose ground because, you know, the church is made of imperfect people. There are times like during the dark ages when there was such an oppression of the truth and of the word of God, but somehow the church always emerges victorious again. It always flourishes through it all. You know, that's one of the amazing things in history, but also even right now, there are places in the world where the church is under persecution and so oppressed that they have to meet in secret. And yet, even in those countries, the church is flourishing. They can't stop it. They put people in prison. They can't stop the church. It just keeps going because Jesus is the one that's building His church and it is unstoppable. I'm glad to be a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as it is great to be on the winning team. The church is not down and out. It's not irrelevant. It is growing stronger, not weaker. Jesus said, I will build my church, and I want you to know that he's going to do it. He uses people, but he is the one that's going to see to it. See, he said, I will build my church. Who said that? The I am. The one who has all power. All power has been given unto me in heaven and earth, he said. He said, I will build my church. We get to have a part in that. We plant, we water, but it is God who gives the increase. He's the one that makes it happen. Psalm 27, 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. But He is building it. And I'll tell you, I am glad that we get to be co-laborers together with Him. You know, to, just to be a part of what God is doing in the world. You know, we, we've all seen people backslide and fall away and get out of church, but he's still building his church. We've seen great men fall, but he's still building his church. We've seen local churches that just kind of faded away until they closed the door. There was a whole lot of that that happened during 2020, but you know what? He's still building his church. It is amazing. You see, the church is reaching more people today than ever before in history. This is true. More people today around the world are being one to the Lord, coming to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ than ever before in history. And some of us might say, well, but what about here in the United States? Well, let me tell you what part of the issue is. The church, Christians, need to get their mind right about the church, the body of Christ. Because that negative attitude about the church, it has done so much harm to the cause of Christ in America. 
But no mistake, around the world, the church is still thriving and growing more than ever before. He said, I will build my church. If he says it's so, it's so. Whatever he says, it's so. Amen? See, you don't ever, we sang this morning. I'll take you at your word. If you said it, I believe it. He said, I will build my church. I take him at his word. I believe what he said. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I stand on the word of God in faith that he's doing what he said. And I want you to know as a pastor, I believe that for Grace Church. He said, I will build my church. And it's him that does it. And guess what? He gets all the glory. Church church is never about a man other than the man, the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Too often in our culture today, it's about this superstar or that one and their ability, but I'm telling you, it is always and only about Him. He's the one. He spoke the worlds into being. He certainly has the power to fulfill what He said when He says, I will build my church. And he is faithful God. He is faithful to a thousand generations. He always keeps his word. The Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. It says in another verse, God who cannot lie. Our God can't lie. And when Jesus said, I will build my church, you can take it to the bank. He's going to do exactly what he said that he's going to do. The sovereign Lord will do it. We're supposed to pray according to the will of God. What's his will? He said, I will build my church. Lord, let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. Lord, we just pray that your church will continue to be built, that you accomplish what you want to do, Lord, and that we would be a part of it. That's right. Here's my prayer for Grace Church. Lord, build your church. We pray anything according to His will. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 tells us that we know that He hears us and we have the petitions that we've asked of Him. Nothing can stop Him from building His church. You know, the man Job, he went through these terrible tests, trials, and events that happened to him. But then he had this encounter with the Lord and... After that encounter in Job 42 and 2, he said this to the Lord. He says, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Nobody can stop him. That means that his church is unstoppable because he is the one that's building his church. He said, I will build my church. Not a building, but a holy temple made up with living stones, people. That's what he's talking about when he says, I'm going to build my church. It is talking about those people who, like Peter, believe he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We need to always remember the church is made up of people. And he is using his people to reach people. It's seeing lives changed. It's people being turned into disciples of Jesus. That is how he is building his church. 
reaching people, building it by lives being changed, and it just keeps getting bigger and stronger. You know, there's a lot of opposition to the church, a lot of people that tear it down, and they just constantly battle against it and try to marginalize the church. And I think, again, too many believers have just been influenced by the world, and they talk down the church. And the church's people, y'all get quiet. When you speak against the church, you're speaking against God's people. When you speak against the church, you're speaking against the body of Christ. We don't want to do that. No, he's building his church. We don't want to tear it down. Ephesians 4.29 in the NIV says this, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only, but only. That cuts out a whole lot of conversation, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. I want to tell you, the church is not perfect. You can look all around anywhere and everywhere. You can look down the row you're sitting on. The church is not perfect. Go look in the mirror. The church is not perfect. You can also see it all the way through the Scripture. The church has always had problems. You read about it in the book of Revelation, the seven churches. They all had problems. But we don't tear down. We build up. Jesus is building His church. And we get to be a part of him building his church. So we should never criticize and speak against the church. Gossip, backbiting, strife, and envy are Satan's most effective weapons against the church. The only way that Satan can really do harm to the church is if he can get our help. So we talk positive. We say the right things. We say good things about the church. And I just want you to understand this, that if we're going to win people, if we're going to get people to come to church, and we're going to see people, people discipled and their lives changed, you need to be excited about your church. Because if you're just kind of like, eh, it's all right, who wants to go with you to church? You, you need to talk it up. Talk up the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a great thing. And I want to tell you, I, I honestly feel this way. We have a great children's ministry. Pastor Matt does a fantastic job, and we have so many great volunteers that really love kids. It's amazing. The kids are safe, and they're being taught about Jesus. Their lives, their hearts are being changed at a very young age. It's amazing. We have the best youth group in town. I don't, I don't mean to brag. It's no pride in it. I'm just telling it like it is. Our youth group is awesome. You need to tell people how great our youth group is. You need to tell people how fantastic the worship here is that we worship God and the presence of God is in this place. And as I say all the time, I mean it. We have the sweetest people that God ever brought together in one place. That's this church. And I know the difference because I've seen the other. You know what I'm saying? This is a blessed church with such sweet and loving people. And you need to tell people, you say, you know, 
the pastor, he ain't all that. But he's doing the best he can, and we're praying for him. And I mean it. Build up the church. Don't tear it down. We only say what builds up. Don't tear down. I want to be one of those he's using to build his church. Jesus, I want to help build your church. If you're going to be used to help build this church, you've got to get involved. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Ephesians 4, 16, it says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See, the body of Christ is built up in love as each part does its work. We all have a part in this. I am not against any church. I want you to know that. But what I've seen all too often in mega churches is where there becomes this professional ministry and you can just go and throw an offering in once in a while and that's it. You don't need to be involved. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be where each part does its work. We are all a part of this, and we all have a place. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying just in the walls of these, this building. No, we all have a part in reaching out to the community and going out and allowing God to use us. But we all are a part of the body of Christ, and we all have a place in what the Lord is doing. See, I'm really thankful for Christian TV and Christian radio, but that's not how disciples are made because there's a lot of things about becoming a disciple. It, it, it's not just taught. It's got to be caught. You, you can't make disciples just by teaching. Well, I just watch on the Internet and I'll become a, a disciple of Jesus. So it's more than that. You know, the, the Lord Jesus was with his disciples. And if we're going to disciple people, we're going to have to be with them some. They're not going to get it all just from watching some teaching. We, we know this. There's so many in our culture that have believed in the Lord Jesus, and yet they don't know how to live the life that we've been called to. They need to be discipled. And that happens through the church. See, when, when, when it comes to being a disciple, you got to be with some people. You, you gotta, you, it's a life that you learn how to live. It's not just principles. No, and a lot of those things have to be lived out. He's building the church. Be part of what he's doing. I remember when I was in Little League Baseball, my coach had an old school bus, and uh, one time he took us, he took our team, you know, just for a fun outing. He took us all up to the lake, and we got ready to go, and the bus wouldn't start, and it was, it was an old, you know, standard shift transmission, and so we all got out of the bus, and we all... You know, we're all like 60, 70 pounds or something. You know, we, we all get behind that bus and we all push it and we got it started and we all got home. Well, I want to tell you something. 
if the coach got out and pushed by himself, it wouldn't have worked. If five of us got out and pushed, it wouldn't have worked. If half of us got out and pushed while the others sat on the bus, it wouldn't have worked. I'm still talking about the church. You see, Jesus is going to get it done, but I want you to know this is the way it's supposed to work, is that we all are a part of it. We all have a place in building the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Too often in churches, people sitting on the bus sticking their head out the window saying, you ain't doing it right. Some of you laughing and some aren't. I love you. I'm, trying, I'm speaking the truth in love. I hope you know that. But all of us should be working together with the Lord. You might think that you can't make a difference, but we all can together. See, we've got to all be pushing for the same thing, to see people come to the Lord, to see lives changed, to see people made disciples, to see the church built. He said, I will build my church. It's His. Never forget it. Make no mistake about it. It's His church. It belongs to Him, our Savior and Lord. He said, my church. He bought it, redeemed it with his own blood. It belongs to him. I pastored a church one time with some of the people thought the church belonged to them. They'd been there a long time, belonged to them. <laughs> I was at health club with a, a man that I had befriended there. We worked out together. And one day at the health club, this board member from the church came. And he also knew this man. I didn't know that they were friends or acquaintances. And this board member, uh, he says to the other man, he says, Oh, I, I didn't know, uh, excuse me, no, the other man says to the board member, he says, I didn't know you went to Mark's church. And the board member said, I don't. He goes to ours. I was the pastor, and he says, he goes to ours. But here's the thing. It wasn't my church. It wasn't their church. It's always Jesus' church. It belongs to him. And we, we got to remember that. I want to tell you, see, that might sound really strange to some of you, but it's not uncommon where certain groups of influence a lot of time in a church start thinking this is our church. It's Jesus' church. He's the one that's building it. It belongs to Him. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. He gave Himself for the church. I don't know how people get the attitude. I'm talking about Christians where, you know, they can just take it or leave it. They don't think much of the church. Jesus gave Himself for the church, and he loves the church, and you know what? So should we. A lot of people don't. They say they love the Lord, but they don't care nothing about the church. He loved the church, and he gave himself for it. A lot of people that don't really love the church, they say they love the universal church, but they don't love the local church. 
Well, let me just say this, remind you again, that the vast majority of the time when the Scripture talks about church, it's talking about a local church. Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. besides the other things that comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. There's only one universal church, but all through the New Testament you see these local churches. Ephesians, written to the church of Ephesus. See, it's, it's all through there. And yet somehow in this hypocrisy, people say, oh, well, I love the universal church. I'm part of the universal church. I don't care about the local church. They need to read the Bible. You know, when Jesus said the second command is to love your neighbor as yourself, one Pharisee wanting to justify himself, he says, and who is my neighbor? See, it's easy to love the whole world as long as I don't have to love the guy next door. And that same hypocrisy says, oh, well, I love the universal church, just not the local church. Hmm. But here's the thing. It's through the local church that we become a part of what God is doing it's through the local church that in a practical way we do what the Bible says when it says love one another, pray for one another, bear one another's burdens, encourage one another. So much of that happens in and through the local church. But he said, my church. The church is his bride. The Word of God tells us that there's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb. I don't understand all of that. Some of that is yet to be revealed, but I, I do know this. You don't say anything bad about another man's bride, especially not when he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Be careful what you say about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hear people talk negative about the church and, and it's not just atheists. Sometimes it's Christians that have been deceived and they are doing the work of Satan, the accuser. This is what Revelations calls Satan, the accuser of the brethren. And they bring accusation against other believers and talk bad about other believers. They're being used of the devil. Don't be used by the enemy. Be used of God. You build up and you encourage and you help and you restore. See this stuff on Facebook where Christians, they're saying Christians should do this and Christians shouldn't do that and churches should do this and churches shouldn't do that. And they're not even, it's not even scriptural, the stuff they say, but they're criticizing and attacking the church. No, we need to remember it's His church. It's His body. And He says that it's His bride. We need to be careful what we say about the local church. You know, somebody said the church is kind of like Noah's Ark. If it weren't for the storm on the outside, you couldn't stand the smell inside. Maybe there's some truth in that. I know, I get that. I really believe that the church is a wonderful place to be with God's people. 
where his presence is and where we love one another and we help one another, we encourage one another. We all need to remember there's always somebody you can call a hypocrite. But we need to remember if we get rid of all the imperfect people in the church, there won't be anybody left except for Jesus himself. And that includes me and you. The church is the redeemed. The blood-bought, those washed in the blood of Jesus that he bought and paid for. Imperfect, yes, but he is still purifying and cleansing his people, still doing the work in his church. His church, I'm telling you, it's unstoppable. I will build my church. It is made up of those that believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who died for our sins and rose from the dead. And from the very beginning, it has always been God's plan to have a people for Himself, a people that would be His very own, a people that would worship Him for all eternity. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Titus 2, 14 Jesus Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people, listen to this, that are his very own. That's who the church is, the people who are his. He said he would build his church and the gates of hell will not be able to withstand it. There's no obstacle that the church can't overcome. There's no battle we can't win. He's given us power over all the power of the enemy. I'm telling you, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, in a word, it's unstoppable. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray. I'd like for prayer partners to come.